Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. Got a few things on the go here on today's show. An early application window for cash advances through the Canadian Canola Growers Association is open, and I spoke with Dave Glant with the Canola Growers Association about it. Elsewhere, Suncrest College and the East Central Research Foundation were involved in a project that took place across the province, and food prices was brought up during question period as well as a report from an organization called Second Harvest. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Coming up first on Sask Ag today is my chat with Dave Gallant about the cash advances through the organization. Keep it tuned here to 620 CKRM. Show will return right after these messages. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. To fix your water problems, visit farmfreshwater.ca. Farmers can apply for a cash advance through the Advance Payments Program administered by the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Vice President of Finance and APP Operations Dave Glant walks us through what it is and why farmers should consider applying. So the cash advance is a loan program that gives farmers access to cash flow without having to sell their inventory. So farmer can get access to cash flow today for grain they plan to grow this coming season, or they can get access to cash flow for grain in the bin so they can make decisions about selling that grain and maximize profit on their farm. It's really a simple program based on what products they have in the bin or what products they plan to grow. We do over 55 different products, including livestock and honey, and it allows farmers to get access to $100,000 interest-free for the 2024 program, and the remaining $900,000 is at prime minus one quarter percent, which means no matter how much a farmer takes under the program, they're always getting a below prime rate on their loan. All right, and what can you tell us about the combined benefits of the interest-free and interest-bearing portions of the advance? How do those pieces kind of work together? Because uh, that below prime is uh, an attractive interest rate these days. Certainly. So the first $100,000 is interest-free. So with prime being at 7.2%, depending on what a farmer can borrow at it, their local bank or credit union, they're looking at saving anywhere from seven to eight, maybe even $9,000 on the $100,000. When you combine that with the remaining $900,000 at below prime, depending on how much a farmer borrows, they can save quite a substantial amount of money over regular financing from other financial institutions. And to give you just a bit of an example, a farmer using $500,000 under the cash advance program is 
going to save compared to a prime-based loan over $8,000. If they're looking at prime plus one at their financial institution, they're going to save over $13,000. So there can be significant financial savings using a cash advance over other conventional sources of financing. And as a follow-up, is that rate available to everyone? Because I'm thinking of you know young farmers, for example, or those who are new to farming or those who are moving back to take over a family farm. Can they qualify for that interest rate? Everybody gets the same rate. So whether you've been farming for 30 years or whether you're just transitioning from mom and dad, you get the access to the exact same rates as everybody else under the program. All right. And how does it work for a farmer who has already had a cash advance last year? Is the program still active and are those farmers able to apply for this year's advance? Yes. So the 2023 program is still available to farmers to take up until March 31st of this year. But a farmer can take an advance out on their 2024 planned production, as well as have an outstanding advance on 2023, as long as the total amount that they have is less than a million dollars. And I do want to let farmers know that the 2023 program has an interest-free limit of $350,000. That is going down to $100,000 in 2024. So if there are farmers out there who have grain in the bin that doesn't have an advance on it, they have another four weeks or so to sign up for a 2023 advance and take advantage of the extra interest-free money, which would be due September 30th of this year. If a farmer has never used the this cash advance before but decides this year to go for it, how do they get started? The simplest way for a new producer is to call us. The number is 1-866-745-2256. We have dedicated staff in our contact center who will walk them through the process of completing the application. We'll actually complete it for them online and email it to them with a detailed set of instructions on what needs to be completed in order to get the advance uh, finished and processed. That process takes in, on average, about 20 minutes. So it's the easiest way to do it, uh, and it helps them get the forms done completely on their own. If they're an existing customer or they have been a customer before, they have access to our secure website, which allows them to complete the application 24 hours a day, seven days a week at their own time. And one more follow-up, just a question regarding as to uh, if a farmer is listening to this, you know, why should they apply and take advantage of this cash advance, considering you mentioned it too just a few moments ago, uh, the federal government uh, reducing the amount interest rate from $350,000 last year to its original amount of $100,000? Well, there are several reasons to use a cash advance. Number one, It puts money in the farmer's pocket without having to have sold their inventory. So it allows farmers to make marketing decisions for grain that's in the bin without having to sell, maximizing their revenue at the end of the day. It allows farmers to have cash flow for their inventory without having inventory in the ground yet even. So that works for them. For younger farmers, the only collateral required for a cash advance is the grain in the bin. So they can rent land from mom and dad, they can borrow equipment, but as long as they own their inventory, they can take advantage of a cash advance. And the final thing is, yes, the interest-free component has dropped from $350,000 to $100,000. As I said earlier, that still represents in itself an over $7,000 savings to a farmer from borrowing from a conventional source. So it's still very cheap money. And then when you look at the combined program where the rest of the money is available to a farmer interest-free, no matter what they borrow, the combined blended interest rate on their cash advance will always be below prime, which means it's always going to be cheaper than borrowing from other financial sources, which are charging typically prime plus to most farmers. That's Dave Gallant with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. We'll take our first break here. SaskAg Today will return right after these messages. 
We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back. The East Central Research Foundation and Suncrest College in Yorkton have taken part in another research project supported by Sasquit, Sascanola, and the Sustainable Cap Program. Research coordinator Mike Hall says the agri-arms sites tested the efficacy of foliar-applied nitrogen-fixing bacteria like Eutricia and Envita on wheat and canola. In this study, both products were applied as a foliar application at the four to six leaf stage for both crops. The companies recommend that the products are applied between 10 to 30 degrees Celsius, preferably early in the morning when the stomata are open and plants are actively growing. These products have been used in the States on corn, but there isn't a lot of third-party data for these products on wheat and canola in Saskatchewan. Hall says the research took place across the province in Redverse, Indian Head, Yorkton, Melfort, Prince Albert, Scott, Outlook, and Swift Current. Data at the sites in Yorkton, Prince Albert, and Swift Current were excluded from the combined analysis. For PA, it was due to no end response whatsoever, severe hail damage in Swift Current, and unusually high variability in Yorkton. Hall covers test results for canola first. Here are the main effects of product on canola yield. Product A is Envita and product B is Utricia. UTC stands for untreated control. Neither product produced a canola yield that was significantly different from the untreated control. However, at Outlook, Envita, product A, did produce a canola yield that was higher than Utricia, product B. However, I'd file this difference under random variation. While there was no nitrogen by product interaction, we're still going to look at the effect of nitrogen fertility by product when averaged over site. Just to confirm that neither product significantly affected yield, regardless of the background level of N fertility. Okay, but what about seed protein of the canola? I know producers don't usually care about the protein content of their canola, but this is another way to detect any N benefits coming from either product. Unfortunately, protein measurements were missed at Outlook, but values from the remaining sites revealed that seed protein did increase significantly with increasing N fertility. However, seed protein was unaffected by applying either Envita or Utricia. Again, there was no N fertility by product interaction, as product did not affect canola seed protein, regardless of the background level of N fertility. He says the results for wheat were similar. We saw a very similar situation unfold. Neither Envita or Utricia affected wheat yield relative to the untreated control at any of these N-responsive sites. No seed yield differences between products were detected, regardless of the background level of N-fertility. While increasing N-fertility significantly increased wheat seed protein, neither Envita or Utricia increased wheat seed protein at any responsive site. And again, this was true regardless of the background level of N-fertility. Mike Hall is the research coordinator for the East Central Research Foundation and Suncrest College, based in Yorkton. Coming up next on the show is Egg Review with Doug Faulkner. Sask Egg Today will return right after this. You're tuned in to Sask Egg Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop. Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Longtime Canadian trade negotiator Steve Verhill says Bill C-282 is a political signal and not likely to threaten future deals. There has been a lot of opposition to the bill from grain and livestock exporters who say entire deals are at risk if the supply-managed sectors are kept off the table. The bill is currently in second reading in the Senate. Speaking at the Canadian Federation of Agriculture annual meeting yesterday, Verhill said each side always has its red lines when talks start, so they aren't really a surprise. Verhill says Canada would prefer that politics be kept out of trade and let markets operate. He says while the World Trade Organization at the moment is fundamentally broken, bilateral agreements are working well and where most efforts need to take place. Alberta will ban renewable power projects on prime agricultural land and erect buffer zones to ensure wind turbines do not spoil scenic views. Last year, Alberta temporarily halted approvals of major new projects amid concerns over renewables' reliability and land use, cooling investment in the rapidly growing industry, and challenging the federal government's clean energy ambitions. The western province has led the country in building renewable capacity and is on track to eliminate combustion of coal for power this year, six years ahead of schedule. Alberta's right-of-centre government said the pause on approvals would be lifted today, but it would from now on take an agriculture-first approach with proposed projects. The province will bar renewable generation projects on land it deems has excellent or good irrigation capability and will set up buffer zones of a minimum of 35 kilometers around protected areas or what the government considers pristine views. Canola prices on the Intercontinental Exchange went up during the week ended yesterday, but signs of upcoming extended rallies are hard to come by. Ken Ball, a Winnipeg-based trader at PI Financial, says canola's behavior was similar to other crops, including corn, wheat, and soybeans. With spring approaching, as well as potential lows in prices, Ball expects more short covering in the coming weeks and end-users to increase their coverage. Soy oil placed large amounts of pressure on canola prices, according to Ball, over the past 10 sessions, the May contract declined eight times and lost $1.74 U.S. per pound over that span. While Canada's canola crush has increased over the past year, exports have been down nearly 33%, causing even more pressure on the oilseed. However, there are whispers that much-needed overseas demand may be coming. Poland isn't ruling out introducing a ban on agricultural products from Russia. Like much of Europe, Poland has been gripped by protests in recent weeks as farmers demonstrate against European Union environmental regulations and what they say is unfair competition from Ukraine since the bloc waived duties on imports in 2022. However, Polish Prime Minister Donald Tusk says agricultural products from Russia and Belarus were also causing market distortions. 
Tusk says the European Union needs to seriously focus on better regulations when it comes to the import of cereals and food products from the east. Tusk was to meet the farmers' leaders today. SureSource Agronomy is rolling out a line of crop nutrient products derived from the excrement, exoskeletons, and discarded feed materials of crickets. The insects are raised in the state-of-the-art Aspire insect farming facility in London, Ontario, and their byproduct is called Frass. The Petrolia-based company announced February 20th it has received regulatory approval from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency for its pelleted Frass product, marketed as Kickin' Frass. In April of 2023, SureSource was among 10 companies granted $200,000 in provincial funding administered by BioEnterprise Canada through its Fertilizer Accelerating Solutions and Technology Challenge. Program applicants committed to use the money to transition alternative fertilizer solutions from research and validation phases to successful commercialization and market entry. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, yesterday it was quite cold and today is quite the opposite. It's warm and it kind of looks like uh, it's going to last uh, pretty much all day today. And then tomorrow it's going to start falling again. Yeah, falling at the wrong time, but rising at a nice time. A, a big rise today. We have a lot of uh, ground to make up after a cool start, but we're going to do that. And it's going to be uh, likely the next few hours a uh, very impressive jump on our way up uh, from the teens on the negative side this morning to around 5 this afternoon. The wind is uh, part of the whole transition that's helping to move the air around. It's particularly strong aloft where that warm air is really building in from. But uh, either way, it's just a breezy, mild day today. We'll get up to around 5 degrees. That will leave uh, some some melting to go on, but it will also mean that uh, tonight as we drop back, well, not so much tonight, tomorrow morning, as we drop back below freezing, there could be some uh, freezing of that uh, of that recent melt. So keep that in mind for the uh, mid-morning hours from now. That's about when we should cross the freezing mark. Tonight we'll actually rise a little more. Five degrees is the afternoon high, but we'll get up to around 7 through the middle part of the evening and then likely turn around to about 2 by morning. The wind will drop down. It will be at its strongest this afternoon, diminish a bit overnight, and then uh, pick back up uh, for a little while through the afternoon tomorrow, and then finally settle down tomorrow night, becoming um, very calm for the the, uh, nighttime hours tomorrow. We'll drop to minus 5 daytime. We'll keep falling down to minus 12, and then Saturday, a decent day with a high near minus 4. If we filter out the noise of the swings from impressive warmth today to falling temperatures tomorrow, Saturday is actually not far from normal. May end up a degree or so above because of the milder night, but uh, if we get a clear sky in spots, that will allow us to drop off even more. Uh, Saturday, during the day, 
cloud cover will start to increase and thicken back up. So by late day, it's in, it's a, a thicker overcast here. The wind will pick up again and some light snow develops. The light snow becomes a steadier snow uh, Saturday night into Sunday, uh, looking for the potential for at least 10 to 15 centimeters from the system. But uh, it could end up being a little bit heavier through the day on Sunday, especially. We'll keep an eye on the exact track of the system. But uh, cooler Sunday, too, minus 9 and windy, blowing snow and wind chills down in the uh, minus 20 range. Flurries taper off on Monday. We'll gradually uh, see the clearing sky take hold for the afternoon, but only minus 16. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year, minus 4. Normal lows, minus 16. Sun rose in Regina at 743 this morning, and the sun will set at 640 later today. Taking a look around the province, all over the place, Cinnaboya 7 degrees, Estevan minus 3, Mooseman minus 9, Saskatoon minus 7, Swift Current plus 5, Yorkton and Melville minus 12, and Weyburn minus 6 degrees. The hot spot in the province is in Coronac at 11.3, and the cold spot in Collins Bay at minus 22.4. In Regina, sunshine, southeast wind at 38 kilometers an hour, humidity at 77%, temperature at minus 7 degrees or 20 Fahrenheit, and the barometric pressure is at 100.4 and falling. In Moose Jaw, partly sunny, east wind at 13, and the temperature 6 degrees. We'll take another break. Sask Ag Today will return right after these messages. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com Francois-Philippe Champagne's defense of the government actions to try and stabilize food prices fell a little flat, thanks to a report from Second Harvest. The Food Rescue Organization announced Tuesday it believes an additional 1 million Canadians will have to visit a food bank for the first time this year. If that holds up... That would mean nearly 3 million Canadians are now accessing the services of a food bank each month. The report also said that at least a third of agencies across the country that supply food had to turn people away last year because they didn't have enough supplies to feed everyone in line. The report came up during question period. Today we got a terrible report from the charity Second Harvest, which reports that this year they expect a million additional visits to food banks, and that last year 36% of charities had to turn people away because they were running out of resources. Will the Prime Minister reverse his inflationary carbon tax on farmers and food? When it comes to fight for Canadians, we will take no lessons from these Conservatives, Mr. Speaker. At a time when we should all be fighting in this house for Canadians, Mr. Speaker, if the leader of the opposition wants to do something for Canadians. Vote for C-59. Increase competition in this country. More competition is more choice, better price for Canadians, and more innovation, Mr. Speaker. Canadians understand that. Will he understand? In a written statement, Lori Nickel, the CEO of Second Harvest, says people in this country can't keep up with rising food costs. Food banks and nonprofits have been experiencing unprecedented demand while facing resource challenges, forcing many organizations to turn clients away to, uh, to put them on wait lists. The situation is most pronounced in Canada's largest city. According to the report, one in ten people living in Toronto is using a food bank. 
Coming up next on Sask Egg today, we'll have reaction from Sylvain Charlebois on the report. The program will return right after this break. You're tuned in to Sask Egg today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Egg today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The report from Second Harvest about how many Canadians would likely use a food bank for the first time got a lot of attention from not only politicians in Ottawa, but also from Canada's food professor. Dr. Sylvain Charlebois says the report is sobering. Full disclosure, I'm on the board of Second Harvest, so I saw the report way before it went public. And uh, to be honest, I, I'm concerned. I mean, absolutely. And as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an organization, it's been very hard to get food. Uh, to, and so we have to buy more and more food. And a lot of people are just struggling out there. So I, I do, uh, do believe that the, that the report is, is not alarmist. It's actually quite realistic. And so we need to think of ways to help out people. Now, food banking is one way to do it, but I've always believed that uh, perhaps we should think about uh, a couple of things. One, uh, I would get rid of sales tax on food altogether. I think it's ridiculous to tax food uh, at retail, not, not, in, not in restaurants, but at retail. Uh, and two, uh, I certainly would uh, recommend uh, that we establish a, a nutritional um, uh, certificate program where people can actually use, redeem uh, gift certificates at farmer's markets. Uh, these programs exist already in British Columbia, in Quebec, and right here in Nova Scotia. It's been quite helpful, and I would basically nationalize that program. You get people to get in touch with farmers, you get them to cook, you get them to buy good food, Canadian food, Canadian grown food. So to me, that's a valuable program. That's Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. Up next is the market update. Saskag today will return right after this. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is up a dollar to 547.32. Lentils is down $12 to 721.50. And number one red spring wheat is up 37 cents to 295.47. The rest were unchanged. Durham 403.17, feed barley 225.58, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 606.04, oats 285.32, yellow peas 437.98, and feed wheat 212.38. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for May is unchanged at $6.58 a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. 
Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of February the 28th. We had some brave shows out there hauling cattle on a stormy Monday, but we still had 1,350 heads show up for the pre-short, 130 cows and bulls, a total of 1,480 for the day. This cow market was four to five stronger. The bulls selling steady. D1, D2 cows, 145 to 160. Sales to 165, 166. D3 cows, 130 to 140. These blemished cows with lumps and bumps and weaker cows, 88 to 110. Cows are averaging 144. From that good Raymore area, 1,800-pound cows, they topped out at 168 and a quarter. Good job to that producer. Good bulls, 140 to 155. Bulls are averaging 140. From that good Springside area, 2,000-pound bull topped out at 157.50. On to the pre-short sale. This sale was selling steady to higher in spots. 420-pound black steers, 520. 500 pounders, 448. 575 pound steers at 439. 650 pound tan steers at 401. My favorite pen, 710 pound black steers. There were 70 in this group. They topped out at 376. 780 pound steers at 342. 850 pound red black exotic steers at 324. And 950 pound steers at 307. Onto onto the heifers. 420 pound red black exotic heifers, 438. 500 pounders, 407. 575 pound black heifers at 379, 650 pound tan heifers, 349, the 710s at 328, 780s at 305, 850 pound heifers, 297, and 900 pound heifers at 293. Highlight of the morning, 85 black steers, 640 pounds, they topped out at 406, and a package of exotic heifers, 630 pounds, they topped out at 354. And last Friday, we had 310 bred cows. What a sale that was. Cow calf pairs sold for a high of 42.50. Our average was 44,025. And the bred cows, 38.50 for the high. Our average was 29.70. And today is the Pheasantdale Cattle Company 20th annual bull and female sale at the ranch east of Valcaris. Watch for signs. If you hurry, you can make it for lunch. Sale time, 1 o'clock. It's also on DLMS. The Stillborns, good customer customers of ours and good people. Don't miss this sale. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. The latest pork prices are at $195.97 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Statistics Canada says the economy grew at an annualized rate of 1% in the fourth quarter. That follows a decline in real gross domestic product in the third quarter of 0.5% annualized. The federal agency says growth was driven by a rise in exports, while housing and business investment both fell. On the markets, the TSX is up 85 points at 21,329. The Dow is down 80 points to 38,868. Oil is up 45 cents at $78.99 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.70 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day.
This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.